Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We are in a very bizarre week on Sixth Sense Sports Radio. First off, congratulations on getting through a 9 to 5. Drive safely, man. I'm looking outside. It looks miserable. It's going to be miserable for a majority of the week. Just be careful is all I'm saying. This is a very odd week. I feel like this has been the case for maybe the last two months. Somehow we have done some kind of like freaky Friday switch. And Rob has become the negative down on the Chiefs one. And I have been the positive one about Kansas City. Now, I don't know what to do in this bizarre world. I don't know what to do when you guys hate Rob and like me. That's not the way the text line is supposed to work. Rob is usually on you guys' side, and I'm the villain. But I am in a place in which I feel good about Kansas City going into this game. Now, I'm going to have my questions if they're going on the road against Buffalo, but let's deal with that when we get there. Who knows if Buffalo's going to win? It's a single elimination tournament, and things don't always go how we project. But I feel good about Kansas City going into this game, and we'll talk over the course of the week and why I feel so confident in this game, why I'm picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win, and you guys know I'm not a believer in the Miami Dolphins. But I would say to kick this week off and have our first conversation about the Chiefs and the Dolphins And I do want to talk some about what happened yesterday in their win against the Los Angeles Chargers because there are a couple of talking points. The number one thing that I am looking at for the Kansas City Chiefs in this postseason and why they could make a run or how they could make a run very simply to me comes to can you start to protect the football? We can talk about drops. We can talk about penalties. We can talk about anything that you want. The best indicator of who wins and loses an NFL game is the turnover differential. This season, there were only three teams in the NFL who had a worse turnover differential than the Kansas City Chiefs. The Atlanta Falcons, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Washington Commanders. Two of those teams fired their coach today. The other team that had the same turnover differential as Kansas City was the New England Patriots. They were minus 11. They also are likely going to be looking for a new head coach. Usually, that is a sign of a team that doesn't execute. Usually, a sign of a team that is poorly coached. 
I still am going to hold out this hope with Kansas City. I think Kansas City, for the most part, has been right there a majority of the time. You look back at their last four losses. The Chiefs had a chance to win each of those games. Whether it was the home game on Christmas against the Raiders, whether it was the Buffalo Bills game on the road against the Green Bay Packers, home against the Philadelphia Eagles. If you look at these, and three of these are home games that they have had, it has usually come down to one play that you didn't make. Whether it was Philly, Buffalo, Vegas, whatever. Usually it has come down to that. If this team is going to beat three straight playoff teams, and we're talking of, I would say, good playoff teams. I have my issues with Miami, but they won double-digit games this year. I think Buffalo might be one of the three best teams in the National Football League right now and maybe going on the road and playing the best team in the National Football League in the Baltimore Ravens, which it could be if everything plays according to seed. you got to protect the football. So any conversation that we have about the Chiefs, and if you think they can make a run or not, it starts with that. It doesn't start with Patrick Mahomes being Superman or doing something superhuman. No. Can you do something as simple as protecting the football? That's it. Because all the teams that you think could really win this tournament, they protect the football, and they also take it away. Baltimore, they're plus 12. Dallas is plus 10. San Francisco is plus 10. Buffalo, they had a positive differential. Miami had a positive differential. All the teams that you think could maybe make a little bit of noise or could do something or all those teams have a positive turnover differential. Football is simple. It's simple. That's why I'm giving you my formula. It's not something over the top. I don't need to look at some advanced chart and graphs with dots that I don't understand. This team can win if they are focused on four things. Running the football, controlling the line of scrimmage, limiting mistakes, and playing good defense. Can they do that? And can they do that consistently? The Chiefs don't have to play perfect football over the next month. No one's saying you got to play perfect. You're going to have mistakes. You're going to miss a block. You're going to miss an assignment. You're going to have a question about a play call. No one is saying that you got to play perfect. The Chiefs didn't play perfect on the way to winning Super Bowls. They got down 24 to nothing in a game. They were down 10 with less than 10 minutes to go in the Super Bowl. They were getting dominated in the first half of the Super Bowl last year against Philadelphia. Those are going to happen. Can this team do those four things? And if they do those four things, I believe that they can beat any team in the NFL. And if they don't, and I would say if they only do two of those things, they're not going to be in the postseason very long. Run the ball, control the line of scrimmage, limit mistakes, play good defense. That's it. That's a simple checklist. If they do three out of four of those things in most of these games, they will win. If you do less than that, you will lose. That is the very simple formula that I think the Chiefs have in front of them. So I have not counted the Chiefs out in any way. I think the Chiefs are going to win this game. I don't think that Buffalo is overwhelmingly better than Kansas City. We've seen these two teams play way too many times, and we saw these two teams play each other a month ago, and the Chiefs should have won that game, could have won that game. They didn't do one of those four things. They didn't limit mistakes, and the mistake that they made was one of the bigger mistakes that they've made this season. Can they just get back to doing those fundamentals? And if they do, 
then this can be a really, really fun and exciting January. If not, the Chiefs will maybe play one, possibly two games, and this will be a season and a playoff run that we will not talk about, that we will not remember. And I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will have a lot of other fun playoff runs that you feel much better going into the tournament than they are. I still think that this team has most of the things that they need. They have a really good quarterback. They got a really good coach. They can run the football effectively and they can play good enough defense. That's a formula that can help you advance in this tournament, but you got to execute and you got to be committed to running that formula. And we'll see if Kansas city can do that. But Rob, at least for me, as I am the positive one on this show, which never happens ever. All they got to do to me to get to where they want to go is simply be better at protecting the football. That's it. Which will make me the negative one this week. That's fine. Fine. Not me, not this week. I think we're actually more on the same page this week than people imagine. But listen, I agree. We actually are on the same page. If they fix the turnover problem, if they fix the penalty problem, if they stop having the dropsies, they have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. They have a chance to be back-to-back Super Bowl champs. The problem is, I don't know that after 18 weeks of football, they're just going to fix problems that have persisted. This wasn't like it popped up. Like, remember last year in the divisional round? Mahomes rolled his ankle. That was a thing that just popped up out of nowhere. We didn't anticipate it. No. You know what we've talked about every game this season? Drops, penalties, turnovers. They're minus 11 in turnovers. Minus 11. The Patriots and Falcons are in the same area code as you on turnover differential. Desmond Ritter and Bailey Zappi and Patrick Mahomes are in the same ballpark. That is unacceptable for so many reasons. And it is not just, well, it's game four and the numbers are wonky. We've had a whole season. So I agree. If they fix it, they're in great shape. I don't know they're going to fix it because at no point this season did they fix it. And if it was correctable in the middle of a season or with some time to just say, stop it, why haven't they before? So I'm going to bet the trend as opposed to it being an outlier. And I'm going to say the penalties, the drops, and the turnovers are going to be the things that undo a back-to-back Super Bowl run by the Chiefs because those are the things that have undone them from winning games. They should have beaten the Packers. They didn't. Penalties and turnovers and dropsies were the problems. They should have beaten the Bills. Turnovers and dropsies were a major problem. They really could have won all these games. They should have beaten the Lions. The Lions, the the dropsies led to the turnover. That was three. I'm sure if I dug really deep and looked through every loss the Chiefs had, I'm sure I'd find more. But you know what? They didn't, and they lost those games. So I'm going to assume, because that's what they've done, they will continue to do that in big moments. All I'm asking the Chiefs to do. And I, maybe the text line is on the same place. 913-586-7610. Can you fix one of these? I don't think you're going to fix all three of them. I would say at the core, I understand your point, and I agree to your point. At this point, after watching 18 weeks of the NFL, you are what you are. I'm going to trust their quarterback, who threw more interceptions than he's ever thrown in the NFL. I'm going to trust their coach, who I think is the best in the National Football League that you will probably not fix all of these things. Can you fix one of them in January? Can you limit the effects of one of these in January? And if you do that, you got a chance. That doesn't guarantee that you're going to win, but I think we all agree. I don't care how positive you are about the Chiefs. If they continue to play the brand of football that they have played, 
They will not be in the postseason much for too for too long. If you continue to drop passes the way that they have, have the most penalized player in the National Football League, and continue to learn to lose a turnover battle every single week, you will lose to one of these three teams that you play in the AFC playoffs. That's it. Can I ask you a question? That's why I'm big on the. I, that's why I've been preaching fix the turnover differential this entire time. This defense is probably not one that's going to take the ball away at a big number. You got to stop turning. Rob, they had 28 turnovers this year. They had 28. Almost an average of two times a game, they gave a possession away. Their offense isn't good enough to give the ball away as frequently as they gave it up. Their offense is simply not good enough to do that. They don't score enough to do it. Take away one of those mistakes and turn that turnover into a field goal. That could be the difference in you winning and losing one of those games. That would have won you the Buffalo game. That would have won you the Philadelphia game if you do that. They were 28 this year in the NFL in turnovers. 28. Just fix that one thing. That's all I'm asking. If they do that, they got a shot. If it's as simple as fix that one thing, why haven't they done it? Because I I haven't done this. It's an exercise in futility. But if I cut the tape from September, what, 10th? After the Lions game, you said, hey, if you fix that one mistake, that one mistake being turnovers, you win this game at home without Kelsey and Jones. And I would have been like, yeah, you're right. That's the one mistake. If I cut the tape after the Broncos lost at mile high, you know what I think you're probably saying? If you just correct the turnovers, that loss never happens. And you're probably right. I can cut game after game on Monday, and you're saying the same things. And I don't think you're wrong, but why haven't, hasn't it been fixed yet? And if it hadn't been fixed yet, why do we think, okay, they had a practice game against the Chargers, and now they're going to get in the facility today, they're going to look at the tape and be like, boom, we're going to fix it. They have had all season to fix it, and it hasn't been fixed. I know it's simple to say if they fix it, they're, they're in great shape, but why hasn't it been fixed at any point this season? Because it has been a persistent problem for the Chiefs. If, you're, if it's as simple as fix it now, why wasn't it that simple in week two? Why wasn't it that simple in week 11? Why after week 16 did we not have it fixed? What has taken so long to fix it, and how is that different now? You know what? I've got more Chiefs optimism and more Chiefs positivity in the hits. While you're stuck in traffic on your drive home, The Drive gets you caught up on the biggest sports stories in Kansas City and around the country. It's The Hits, only on The Drive, number one. That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to spread Chiefs positivity. No, I'm not even going to let you read the sponsor. You can read the sponsor when it's your time to talk. You know what? Did you see McCole Hardman yesterday? Not. I've got a lot of simple formulas for the Chiefs. You guys know my formula. Run the football, control the line of scrimmage, play good defense, limit mistakes. That's my, that's one of my formulas. My other formula is simple. More Pacheco, more Rice, more Kelsey, less of everything else. Let me put an asterisk to that second one. I would like for them to find two to four times in a game to give the ball to McCole Hartman. And I think a healthy version of McCole Hartman is one of their better options that they have as a team. Sky Moore is still hurt. Kadarius Toney is not the gadget guy that people want him to be. Please don't throw the ball to Blake Bell. If you throw the ball to Blake Bell in any of these next two games, Matt Nagy, give me a key card. The time to get Blake Bell involved is over. He, He should be in for blocking purposes only. 
You got Rice getting his touches. You got Pacheco getting his touches. You got Kelsey getting his touches. That gadget guy, that guy who can maybe take the top off the defense, the guy who can maybe do something with the end around and a jet sweep and a little bit of creativity. I think we saw him yesterday in the game. McCole Hardman. You guys remember before McCole Hardman got hurt, the first time he was with the Chiefs, he had that dynamic game against San Francisco, and he had maybe the best month of football. You got McColl back. He's healthy. I thought he made a couple of plays yesterday. I'm just throwing that out there that McColl Hardman, if this team makes a run, could be an X factor and is certainly needed in an offense that needs a little bit of pop, a little bit of something. Two. Two. By the way, Carrington, the actual top story of the day in Kansas City actually is not the Chiefs' upcoming game, but it's the fake game, the preseason game, the game that didn't really quasi-count yesterday against the Los Angeles Chargers as we got news early in the afternoon Travis Kelsey would not be playing, meaning his 1,000-yard streak is over. Andy Reid was asked about his decision to not play Kelsey after the game. Travis might he is a humble, humble guy, and so he just it, – it's different – because of the financial part of it with Chris. He didn't want to be selfish or come across as selfish. I mean, everybody's, all the players want him to play, but he just goes, you know what? I don't like the way it feels. Um, He's not into that. And so he chose not to play. And um, um, I I completely understand it, Uh, but that's that's him. I mean, that's, most guys would have gone out and probably done it, but he, he, he said, I've got a lot of records on this one here. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do it this way. Carrington, let's take a moment to appreciate the Chiefs tied in Taylor Swift's boyfriend for taking the unselfish approach and sitting out to better his health to get ready for the postseason and not chasing stats. I don't think that there's anything wrong with being selfish sometimes. Travis Kelsey is pursuing something that – very few players in the history of the NFL have been able to accomplish. Now, I don't have any problem with this decision. It's Travis Kelsey's record. It's not my record. If Travis Kelsey doesn't want to play in the game, that is certainly his choice. I think it does speak volumes about the personality that he has that he didn't want to do it that way and chose to take the rest day and not, which let's be honest, what it would have been, make the offense solely about him for a portion of the game. If Travis Kelsey had decided to play in that game for at least the first five minutes of game time, it would have been about trying to get Travis Kelsey the ball, get him his touches, and get him out of the game. The fact that Kelsey opted out of it and made the decision to end his streak, I do think is pretty commendable for Travis Kelsey. Now, I'm sure we'll talk about it on the other side. Chris Jones made a little bit of a different decision, and I also support his decision as well. A plus tease there, Carrington, because Travis Kelsey wasn't the only player who was chasing things on Sunday. It was Chris Jones who was chasing that $1.25 million. He got it with a sack of Easton Stick. He talked to CBS or NFL Network, excuse me, after the game about it. It feels amazing, right? I lost so much money um, holding out. So I'm just making money back that I lost, honestly. So it feels good. All right, but I'll tell you the truth. When I was walking into halftime with head coach Andy Reid, he didn't seem like he was ready to throw you back out there to get that last half sack. What was the negotiation to let him let you play? 
the last drive, um, he gave me the finger as in this is the last drive. I had to beg him coming off of this because the play before that, we got the TFL, and I'm looking at him hollering, one more drive, coach, one more. He gave me the finger one more, and I'm like, I'm praying to God while I'm walking out. I'm like, God, please let me get it. This is the last one, and um, God is good. You should have offered Easton Stick a little bit of money. Oh, man. Um, he just went down, right? And, um, I got to send him flowers or something, man. Such a good sport. Carrington doesn't speak volumes about Chris Jones as a teammate that he stayed out there, got his reward, and the whole sideline was going nuts for him after the sack. All right, a couple of things here. You can fade the music down just a little bit. Our top text right now. Guys, he lost money because he held out. His choice. He held out while under contract. Selfish. That's a fair way to think. But I do think it's really important that when these scenarios happen, how your teammates respond matter. I agree with you. Chris Jones was selfish yesterday. Chris Jones played in a game solely to get his numbers and his stats and to try to get more money for himself. Just by the definition of what the term selfish is, he was selfish yesterday. But I think it's important to note And you have to at least include this in the story that when he did that yesterday, the response of the team, the response of your coworkers, you guys work in environments where somebody gets a promotion. There's some people that you are happy to see get that promotion. There's some people you're like, oh, they gave her the job. I mean, I guess you might send a little email. Hey, congrats. But that's it. Did you see the way the team responded to him yesterday? Did you see the way that he ran off the field and everybody went over there to show him love? That shows you his standing in that locker room and how guys feel about him as a person. That has to count for something. I don't think that other players care about this stuff in the way that fans care about it because they know we give our bodies up for this. And you got a chance to do something that gets you an insane amount of money. Simply put, Chris Jones made more money yesterday with that sack than Isaiah Pacheco was made in his entire season. Every game, every yard, all of that. He made more money yesterday. That's a lot of money. He got that. And it wasn't like some of the team was happy for him or just the D-line. The team went over there and celebrated him. That matters. I think there is a code in the NFL that we get it, go get your money. Go get paid. And I don't know how we can see scenarios like we saw in Denver where a team tried to circumvent the collective bargaining agreement and try to take money out of players' pockets the way that a team tried to do to Russell Wilson and then be mad at players for going out there and trying to get theirs. Believe me, the team is not doing you any favors. Why should you be doing them favors? So I don't have any problem with Chris Jones. I get it. Now, I don't think from a strategic standpoint, it worked out very well for Chris Jones. I think everyone should understand that, that from a strategic standpoint, he basically just told you, hey, this is me just basically getting back to breaking even. I lost money in doing this. This was a negative for me. It took money out of my pocket. I'm going out there basically trying to get the money back that I lost. You saw the team embrace Chris Jones and celebrate Chris Jones. I think that says a lot. I think that says a lot. 
I think that says a whole lot about how they feel about Chris Jones. So salute to him. I'm happy that he did it. I don't have a problem with either way. I'm cool with Travis Kelsey and his decision to obviously not play. I'm also perfectly fine with Chris Jones going out there. And I think it says a lot about Andy Reid that Andy gave him the opportunity to go get his money. I wouldn't have let Chris Jones play as long as he played. I'd have let Chris Jones, bro, you got 30 minutes. If you can't go get that sack in 30 minutes, I don't know what to tell you. He went over there and, hey, put me back in the game. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you another. He played in the third quarter of a meaningless game. I'm going to let you do it. You know the criticism today we'd be having if Chris Jones had got hurt yesterday the way Sam Laporta got hurt yesterday? You guys would be killing Andy for doing that. There is a reason why people love Andy Reid and players, and ultimately that's all that matters. I'm happy with the way yesterday went. Hopefully, Wanya Morris is fine, and we'll obviously find out over the course of the week where he is from a health standpoint. We'll obviously get that question answered, but I think yesterday was a good day for the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up on the other side, we'll get to some of the top stories from Week 18 in the NFL. We also have the College Football National Championship today between Michigan and Washington. That's all coming up. Keep right here. It's the drive. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Chocolate Cake needs a good run game, good offensive line, needs elite weapons. I think that Chocolate Cake is a system quarterback. Brought to you by the Deep Esqually Moore Law Firm. Remember, Mike's got this. If you missed any of the show, catch up on the Odyssey app or at 610sports.com. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. I'm going to give you some week 18 thoughts. We have wrapped up the NFL regular season. Let me give you some thoughts from all the football that I watched yesterday. Number one, I understand the controversy surrounding Jameis Winston. Now, I am on the side of you can't run up the score in professional or major college football, but we have to acknowledge that this is an exception. You can't be in the victory formation and run a play. If they had run a play from a normal formation, I don't think that this is a story. 
if they had just gotten shotgun, handed the ball to Jamal Williams, and then just came out and said, we wanted to get him a touchdown because he hasn't scored all season, I would say, yo, it is on the other team to try to stop it. It is on Atlanta to try to stop it. But come on now. You can't be in the we are conceding formation. We're not conceding, but hey, we are letting you know that we are not trying to score. That's what that formation is. We are not trying to score from this formation. The defense is then also, all right, hey, the game is over. You can't run a play from that formation. You can't run a play. No, you can't do it. I understand why folks are mad at Jameis. I understand why the coach was also mad at Jameis. I get it. And of all the people in the NFL to do that, I mean, it was just, come on, now it's just Jameis, you know. It's his handiwork. Jameis has had one of the most interesting football careers of any player that we have ever talked about. Just, it's just, oh boy. Another thought that I have, keeping it in the southern part of the United States. Yo, CJ Stroud is special. I mean, C.J. Stroud is special. He is a lot of fun. That drive that he put together to get his team to the postseason is a masterful drive. Masterful. I mean, this is your season. It's your season. They put together a 12-play, 73-yard seven-minute drive in which he did not have an incompletion for them to go take the lead and go win that football game. Incredible. C.J. Stroud is going to be a top-five quarterback by the time we are done talking about him. He is a guy who is going to win a Super Bowl by the time we are done talking about him. He different, man. He different. Rob, I will say that you and I were, from the beginning, take C.J. Stroud with the number one overall pick. You don't move up in the draft to take the 5'8 kid. You move up in the draft to take the 6'4 human being. The Panthers didn't listen. Now look at you. I also don't have any problem with the Colts play call. None. I don't have any problem with it. I get it. That was a Jonathan Taylor drive. Jonathan Taylor's not in the game. Our issue, obviously, is not with the play call. The guy's wide open. It's okay sometimes to say the players didn't execute. The players didn't execute. The guy's wide open. I don't think that he got a good ball from Gardner Minshew. You got to put that. You got to lead him. He's running out of the backfield. You throw it behind him. That's a tough catch. Now, I'm not saying he couldn't have caught it. Obviously, guys make that catch in the league. But that's not a good ball. That's not a good throw. Not at all. I don't have any problem with the play call. It was a great play call, actually. The problem was the execution. You didn't execute. And if you don't execute, you get executed. That's what happened. That was a good one. I see I see that one, Rod. That, that was, was a good one. Give me that one. That was a good one. Well yeah, done. No, that was a good one. Thank you. I'm, I'm giving myself credit for that one. I know it was good. It felt good coming off the hands. I felt like Steph Curry. I said it. I turned around and got back on defense. I felt great about it. I'm surprised that Sam Laporta was in the game late. So, like, my argument for Travis Kelsey was, I just want to play Travis Kelsey one or two series. Sam Laporta played in five. He played, that injury happened after the two-minute warning. Why? 
Now, I know the Lions still had a chance, right? But basically, what the Lions needed was a three-leg parlay in order to be the two-seed. That's what they needed. They needed a three-leg parlay. They needed to win. They also needed Philadelphia and Dallas to lose. For those of you that gamble, what are your odds on hitting on that three-leg parlay? What's your odds? Does that happen all the time for you? Or do you finish one leg short? They finished one leg short. They finished one leg short. For what? What did you gain? Like, you weren't, like, are you trying to avoid somebody in the postseason? Like, did you not want anything to do with the Rams? Like, what? Why? It's just a very odd decision to me to now lose maybe your second best offensive player. Sam Laporta has a chance to be second team all pro as a rookie. I think the one is going to be George Kittle. I think George Kittle is going to be first team. And I think the Sam Laporta has got a really strong second team all pro tight end argument this year. You did all that to maybe be the two seed. The juice just doesn't seem like it was worth the squeeze for the Lions, especially when you had locked up the division and locked up a home game. Odd decision by them. I can't believe the Patriots went out that way. I mean, I can believe it in just uh, I watched them play this season. But for Belichick's last game, Belichick's on the way out. Belichick is not going to be their coach next year. They went out with Bailey Zappi throwing for 88 yards. They went out scoring what they scored, three points yesterday? They went out by letting Brees Hall run all over him yesterday? That's how, the, that's how the Patriots and Bill Belichick's season ends? Bill deserves a little better than that, man. Bill deserves a little bit better. You know how much you got to love football to be outside yesterday in that Patriots game? It's not like Saturday. Some of you are going to be outside in this, and sure, you're going to see a, a playoff game. They were outside in weather worse than what we currently have to watch Jets and Patriots. If I went outside in that and I watched my team score three points, I'm fighting one of the players or coaches, somebody. There has to be some kind of physical altercation after I did that. Or or I'm suing the team for emotional distress. One of the two. You can pick. Lawsuit or hands. That's it. Those are the only two options, A or B. You owe me money. I came out here to watch you. I came out here, and look what you did. Look at what happened. You think he's going to keep coaching? May not in New England, but yeah, you- I do think he'll coach next year. Where do you have him? Do you know where I think he ends up? Atlanta. I think, I know we can't talk about it now because it's considered tampering, but I think the Falcons, by the start of next season, their head coach is Bill Belichick. That's, that's my gut instinct. I think the commanders are going to look elsewhere because of how bad this season was, and they need new, new I don't think the Chargers are going to go down that path because they need someone to maximize Justin Herbert. I think he's coached next year, and I think he's coaching in Atlanta. Okay. I don't fault you for that. I think the tide is certainly turning in that direction, certainly turning in that way. Last week 18 thought is Philly is cooked. I mean, just cooked. They look lifeless yesterday. Lifeless. I wasn't locked into the Chiefs game the way that I usually am. No, I wasn't locked in yesterday. It wasn't really reason to be locked in, especially when they made the decision that Travis Kelsey wasn't playing. I wasn't locked in. I had him on the top TV, but they didn't get bottom TV treatment yesterday. Why? I was a red zone guy yesterday. I was a Bears and Packers guy yesterday. I was locked into those things. But I saw enough of Philadelphia to let you know that that team, they're, they're no. I think they're losing on Monday. I think Tampa Bay is eliminating them. 
Philadelphia is playing like a team who is ready for their season to end. That's how they're playing right now. Like a team that is ready for their season to be over and cannot wait to get away from each other. They've lost five of their last six games. They are, they are limping into the postseason. It, is, it has been bad. It has been bad, bad for Philadelphia the last month, month and a half. All right, coming up on the other side, we have a national title game today between Washington and Michigan. We'll get you ready for that, and we'll wrap up the show. Keep it right here. It's The Drive on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive with CDOT. The voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis, joins the show every Monday starting at 4 o'clock. Travis Kelsey's on his own planet. When you look at it empirically, there is no way to compare him to anybody else. On 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. You're listening to The Drive. Now CDOT's got one extra point. I don't know what I did to deserve this blessing. Sean Barber joins us in studio. He's getting ready for Chiefs Kingdom later today. Come on, Sean Barber. Let me ask you a quick question. I'm not even going to ask you any Chiefs question. You know what? I'm going to save your Chiefs thoughts for Chiefs Kingdom. If you want to hear Sean Barber's thoughts on the Chiefs, you can do that. Today, we have the national championship game between Michigan and Washington. Michigan, I believe, is a six-point favorite in the game today over the Washington Huskies. I'm taking Washington. I think some of it is just maybe me like trying to overcompensate because mm. I thought that Washington was going to lose to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game. They won. Mm-hmm. I picked Texas in the semifinal. I thought that Texas was going to beat them. I missed that as well. And every time I pick against Michael Penix, he makes one or two plays and goes out there and finds a way for Washington to win. I think that this is one of those years in which we will look back like six, seven years from now and we'll wonder, hey, I wonder why that guy didn't win the award. Like Kind of like what happened with Vince Young. Hey, why? Vince Young probably should have won the Heisman Trophy that year, you know? I think that's going to be Michael Penix this year, man. I really do. I'm taking Washington today, plus the six. I think they're going to win outright. I think they're going to be the national champions. And I think that Jim Harbaugh is going to go to the NFL in probably two weeks. Well, I'm not going to even begin to tell you how disappointed I am with the introduction you gave me. Um, you know, I, I really look forward to the introduction I'll give you that when nah, you're a guest. Nah, today, you, okay. today you popped on. Nah, if you, okay. if you come, if you want to come on later this week, I will give you the normal Sean Barber introduction. No. You don't get that just every time you come on the show. No, you get that the one when you make an appearance on the show. Not a hey, I'm gonna pop on. Let me give you my thoughts. That's not a. It's not worthy of introduction. For real? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, nice to know you. Uh, no, I, I actually can think Michigan's going to win this game. I think, man, college football has got to a point now where the trenches matter. Um, and Michigan has been, I mean, pretty much ragdolling everybody in the trenches all season long. Um, all their marquee wins has become, you know, has been uh, marked by them winning the line of scrimmage. And so uh, I think they run the ball, um, man, between the tackles like nobody else in college football does right now. And when you can't stop that, it becomes a very, very long day for whatever program you are. Now, I know, I mean, I, I do agree with you. The most exciting football player on the field uh, tonight is going to be uh, the quarterback for UW, which is Washington. You know, some, po- some folks might not know, you know, Dub, W, UW. I think they know. 
Uh, I'm just going to guess. I think they know. J.C. Pearson knows. Yeah. J.C. Pearson, he took all bets. They have a lot of, he's you a, know. He's a Washington alum. The Chiefs have had a lot of Washington alums on their team. Oh, McDuffie my. went there. Uh, Marcus Peters went to Washington. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't believe anybody was going to take Washington like straight up, but he let his his pride got in the way. His pride to say, you know what? I'm, I'm with JC. I'm on the same side. I think they're going to win today. Chicken fillet. We got a, We got a chick. Yeah, let's do it. I'm stunned that you, Mr. Anti Cheater guy, are on Michigan tonight. You yeah, hate Belichick. That's a good point. You crush me? Belichick. No, we were just saying that you normally are the guy that's like, oh, I don't like cheaters. I don't like cheaters. But yeah, you, I, you I like. Don't. You like Michigan today, which Michigan clearly, clearly cheated. Big, big cheaters, Michigan. Every, every, everybody looks at the other team's signals. The fact that they, they let the entire team say sky, 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 say Army, 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 Navy, Navy, Navy. You know about that? Army, Army, Army. No, I don't. Navy, Navy, Navy. I'm not a cheater, so I don't know anything about other people's signs. When you think the ball's going to be a run... You 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 call out to your teammates, army, army, army. Oh, that's gonna be a run. The Navy, I got it. No, I got it. Okay, you think I it's gonna it. be a pass. Say Navy now. You say, yeah. No one, okay. no one says Air Force, but okay, I got it. Yeah, so I'm just, I mean, but you normally do hate cheaters, and Michigan clearly cheated this year. What? Just like they, a, a because the entire sideline did it versus just like two people. No, this is the thing. I actually think that there's like a measure of cheating that all teams have. Like I'm not here to think that like there's some nobility in college football. There's clearly not. I think most schools cheated like a 6 or a 7. You know, <laughs> cheated like a 6 or a 7. I think Michigan was cheating at a 12. And eventually they're like, "All right, come on now. We allow you to get away with something." Like we kind of know I know they just went over that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I think they went I think they, they went, went way over the line. Like the entire sideline didn't have to do it. Like just have like one or two guys point to the sky, one or two guys point to the ground, like like every other program was doing. No, they they want the whole sideline to get famous for it. I don't understand. Yeah, it probably cost Harbaugh's job. He'll come to the pros. Where do you think he's gonna go? Mm, he can go to the Redskins. I mean, the Commanders. He can go to. I thought he. I I, I still think he's gonna end up at the Falcons. So I thought the, I thought the twelve oh one. Rod thinks that's where Belichick going. He thinks no. that Belichick's going to be the coach of the Falcons next year. Him and Arthur Blank. No, I thought the twelve oh one firing was to smoke signal. Put the like, fire. You know, firing you on the, that man at twelve oh one. You know, crazy. you cut the bat signal. On, yeah, bat firing him at twelve oh one was crazy. You don't got to fire me that quick. Come on now, give me a little bit of time. You waited right until Monday, yeah. right until Monday. And, I, and I, listen, I, I feel I, I, the one thing that we. We feel exactly the same about. I listen to the show a lot. I'm a P1. I listen. To, I listen to all the different shows. Uh, I heard you make a comment about uh, Jameis. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can't you can't just sabotage your team and and and, and have a. I mean, he he just he just he he just went full fledged anarchy. He just got into the huddle. It was a victory call and said, "Hey guys, we just gonna run this thing." And, oh, yeah, the team like you the quarterback. So if you say you want to run it, they gonna say, "All right, let's do it." But you ain't supposed to suggest that. That ain't that ain't supposed to be something you suggest. Barbershop, we got to get out of here, man. We got to continue this conversation. You got Chiefs Kingdom coming up. Keep it right here. It's the drive. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 